0: Welcome to a parenting space actually designed for you, where you can get answers about navigating a life that includes autism. I'm Dr. Tay, and today I'm answering your questions. Anytime you submit questions on my social media, they could end up on this podcast. Let's dive into today's question. Y'all, today is the first Q&A episode, and I am so excited for it. How you're able to submit a question to the podcast is literally on any of my social media pages. What you're going to do, you're going to scroll down into the show notes. I've linked all of my social media pages, including the Evolve Facebook community, and you can submit questions there. I will always answer them as best as I can. Sometimes if I accidentally miss one, I am sorry. But I will answer them in real time, but then you also might get a deeper explanation on the podcast. So let's dive into today's question. It was, do friendships look different for autistic individuals and how to support the making of friends or recognize they don't actually want them? This is such a great question. So let's talk about friendships First off, with autism, one of the diagnostic criteria is difficulty developing, maintaining, and understanding relationships. And so a more quote-unquote classic presentation of what the general society thinks of autism is like, well, they're not interested in social interactions. And that is actually not true. So there are some autistic children who would prefer to play by themselves or prefer to interact with adults, for example. But there are many children that actually want social relationships with their peers. So again, the criteria, which is a necessary criteria for diagnosis of difficulty developing, maintaining, or understanding. You just have to have one of those three areas. So one of the ways that this could manifest, Is that your autistic child may want relationships with their peers, but not understand the social rules and social nuances and how to go about actually developing? that relationship. So how do friendships look different for autistic children compared to their neurotypical peers? So one of the things to note is all friendship, all relationships are on the basis of common interests or mutual interests, right? You don't become friends with someone unless there's some sort of interest there that exists between the two of you. And so some of that is, especially as we get older and move into adulthood, it might be, oh, well, they're a coworker and you commiserate about work together. That might be the mutual interest. But usually for children, what we're looking at is that they have something that is similar. Maybe they both love Minecraft or maybe they love playing with dolls or maybe they love reading a certain book series. So that is the basis of friendship. And that is consistent across neurodivergent and neurotypical populations. Here's the thing though that can vary with neurodivergent individuals and autistic individuals in particular is that sometimes we see that the interest is more nuanced. That maybe your child's interest is at a greater intensity than their neurotypical peers or that it is more of an unusual interest for their age. And I hesitate to use the word unusual there. That's what we, in terms of diagnostic criteria, call it, but it's your child's interest. They just might have more difficulty finding someone that also has that interest. So that is one thing. And with relationship building, we don't want to force your autistic child to fake interests that they don't truly have. Now we can work with them to learn, to understand how they can figure out if people are interested or not in that topic, but I would not recommend being like, well, you need to be interested in this because all the kids in your class are interested in that. The other thing to keep in mind and how things might be different is your autistic child might not understand the nuances of relationships social relationships are very, very complex. And neurotypical children tend to pick this up by watching other children or watching what people are doing and how to navigate that. And so they pick it up from context clues. With an autistic individual, they just might not pick up those context clues. It doesn't mean that they can't learn the information. They just might need to be more explicitly taught the information. So it is interesting because there are are whole curriculums that teach social skills. And I can go into this on another podcast episode, but there is this debate right now of, okay, it is nice to teach these concrete skills, but on the other hand, are we just teaching social masking? And so we have to really balance that line. So with how to support the making of friends, like I said, there are social skills. If you're working with a therapist, you can ask about those. I would also inquire about, are these using a neurodiversity affirming lens? Because we ultimately don't want to just teach your autistic child social masking. That is not enjoyable for them. And it's not going to be something that serves them long-term. But the other thing is, don't be hesitant as a parent just to have explicit conversations about it. Ask questions and potentially breaking it down for them is maybe your child was in this interaction where a peer was playing with something. You might actually say to your child, hey, notice how they're playing with that too. You like that. Maybe go play with them and then break it down how, you know, they ultimately can approach them like, okay, you're going to walk up and ask if you can play or actually go play alongside them, that type of thing. So don't be hesitant to break it down for them and actually point out these kind of context clues for them. The last thing that I want to mention is this idea that if they don't actually want to make friends or they don't want to interact with their peers in that situation. Sometimes, for example, I have patients that I've worked with in the past where They find it like overstimulating, for example, to sit with their peers at lunchtime. They would prefer to sit and read a book. And the thing with school is it is really stimulating throughout the day. So your child might need that time to be able to self-regulate them. It is okay if they don't want to enter into social interactions all the time. And this isn't an autistic thing. This isn't a neurodivergent thing. As neurotypical individuals, if you're one like I am, or if you're not, you might have experienced this also as a neurodivergent individual, is that there's moments that you just don't feel like doing something. And so just because with autistic children, we have to teach them more explicitly, we don't need to force them into every interaction. So if your child is setting a boundary, respect that. But the other side of this is that if they're saying they don't want friends That might be true, that they just don't crave that social connection in the same way that their neurotypical peers are. So we want to make sure that adults don't project their sets of roles onto a child. Also, I want to point this out. Keeping in mind, there's different ways for social interactions now than how we grew up. A really common one is through things like gaming, for example. That might be how your child gets some of their social interaction. And as a parent, you absolutely still can encourage in-person connections and helping them to step away from video games. But the last piece is if they're saying they just don't want friends, Keep asking questions. You don't want to ask questions in a way that you're like basically trying to get them to the quote unquote right answer. Truly, truly get curious about what about their alone time do they really, really love? Because there might be elements of that that can be replicated in social situations that they don't realize. Or you might also realize that your child needs a certain type of friend. Maybe they need someone more reserved or maybe they'd really connect with another autistic child. And so then you might facilitate different activities that help them be exposed to a range of individuals. But ultimately, don't ask questions for the purpose of trying to convince them or change their mind. Simply get curious because you might be able to help them connect. Biologically, as humans, we all crave social connection in some form. And we want to keep in mind that for neurodivergent individuals, this might not look like our neurotypical standards do. All right, y'all. That's a wrap for this episode. I look forward to answering more questions on the podcast. I know parents often wonder about friendships and social relationships. So I hoped this served you today in addition to serving the mama that asked this question. This episode was meant to be short and sweet. Full-length episodes air every Wednesday with many episodes like this sprinkled in between. So subscribe now so you don't miss the next one. And if you want to inspire a future episode because that's how we roll over here, ask me a question on any of my social media pages for a chance to have your question featured. Bye y'all and I'll see you soon.